You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. This last month or so, we've been talking about, we've, the series has been uh, t- entitled Wholehearted. Uh, and we're at the end of that series now. And uh, it's been, I think, quite a helpful series. I know many of you have said that it's been quite helpful as well. Um, helpful series looking at the whole person, uh, who we are as a whole person. Um, and we've had a variety of different speakers, a variety of different contributions to this wholehearted series. Uh, and this Sofa Sunday, we welcome back um, two of the people who were uh, part of the Wholehearted series. So I'm going to ask Jess and Anna if you'll come and join me at the front. Thank you. Thank you for coming back and, and joining us again um, for, for this conversation. We asked people to submit some questions in advance, uh, bearing in mind the discussions we've had over the last few weeks. Um, and we have had some questions that have come in online, but we've also um, uh, talked beforehand and you're quite happy to take some questions from the floor as well in the form of the post-it notes that you have on your table. So if you have a question which is, you've not been able to ask yet, um, then Jess and Anna are quite happy to give those a go this morning. So if you would like to um, write your question on those pieces of paper and then at the half point, halfway, halfway point, we'll collect those in. And if there's any extra questions, we'll, we'll ask those in the second section. But thank you for coming back and thank you for your contribution over the last few weeks. Um, Jess, would you mind just giving us a quick brief um, overview or recap of what you shared in the last two weeks, just in case people weren't here or missed it? Um, there's an opportunity, by the way, to watch it again online. But, uh, and, but uh, yeah, yeah, just a quick recap for us. That would be great. Yeah, so we, um, I was talking about recovery, and in the first week we explored what recovery means and what might stop us reaching towards it using the victim triangle. And then last week we talked about reimagining as recovery, um, how our life scripts may have defined us and ways to understand them and also to be open <coughs> and observant to the tap on our shoulder that might open up a new chapter. Okay. Briefly. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Um, and there's so much more to it than that. Um, and it, would, it really is worth going back and listening to or watching um, those talks. So thank you for, for that. One of the phrases that came up quite a lot was the idea of trauma um, and trauma-informed. Um, I know you've got sort of different uh, thoughts on that. Um, Anna, do you want to just go first about what, what, what trauma-informed or trauma-informed recovery or trauma-informed yoga means to you? Yeah. Um, so I am trained as a yoga teacher. And then I did an extra training on top of that um, to uh, help people who have experienced trauma and use yoga as a, as a trauma therapy. So we'd use the ta- term trauma-informed yoga or trauma-sensitive And I guess it takes the idea of yoga being very beneficial for um, bringing kind of healing to the body, which hopefully helps us start to access healing to the mind. Um, Sort of working with our nervous systems, being able to have tools within within our own toolkits to sort of be able to find that calm and access that safe space. But I think we can do that generally through general yoga classes. But sometimes, um, depending 
on your level of trauma or what's been going on for you, you might need a, a yoga class which is more specifically tailored um, to the fact that you have experienced trauma. So um, a trauma-informed or trauma-sensitive yoga class would take that into consideration. So there would be things within the class that um, you, you might see in a, yoga, in a general yoga studio that you wouldn't see within a sort of trauma-informed setting. So things like your teacher wouldn't move around the class. Um, they'd stay at the front so that you always know where they are. You're not kind of worried about whether they're approaching you. Just little things like that. And certainly the positions as well, the different um, yoga positions that you're doing, that would be taken into consideration sort of whether that would be something that would be beneficial or not beneficial for you as an individual. Thank you. Jess, what would you like to talk about with regards to trauma? Um, <clears throat> Yeah, no, I think um, trauma does really affect the body and it's really helpful to do that alongside um, a therapeutic relationship because it affects all of us and um, we need to be careful with trauma, that things that we do that could re-traumatise us. Um, I also think trauma is a word that's really overused and so my definition of trauma as a psychotherapist is it's an event that's happened that hasn't been met in the right way. So a child can lose a mother, and if the child's met properly with the family and supported, that doesn't have to be traumatic. Obviously it will be, but in a long-term way. Whilst, so it can be quite a small thing, or it can be an ongoing situation like emotional neglect or anything, that also is traumatic, and um, that's like a very brief... <laughs> No, that's good. I mean, it's a good conversation because um, trauma affects in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, and we talked last time about different, um, last Sofa Sunday, about different methods that some of us perhaps use to, to help in, in, in our day-to-day wellness and well-being. Um, and obviously yoga is, is, is significant for you, Anna. Um, and we talked last time about, for other people, it might be different things that help um, in, in those sorts of uh, uh, conversations. Why is it important that we talk about these things in church. I'm just throwing that one at you, really. Why, 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 why are we doing this? Why are we doing this series? Why, why is it important? Um, I'll start. <laughs> I think we're called to love ourselves as we love others, and I think it's very difficult to love others if we don't understand and love ourselves. So that's where I come from. It's really important to get a healthy relationship with who we are in order that we can have healthy relationships with others. That's really good. I mean, the, the whole idea of love, love your neighbour as you love yourself, sometimes we forget the love yourself yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, the whole, the whole premise of that is that you can only love others if you love yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, we are all going through stuff. We have all experienced stuff. And it's about where can we find help? Where can we start to help ourselves? Um, and it's brilliant that as a church... You know, we're opening our our doors to people who've experienced lots of different life experiences. Um, And, you know, if we as a church can can encourage each other to to bring that and to find healing and to seek help from each other, then that seems like a wonderful thing. Excellent. I want to go a bit deeper, Anna, into your past um, and to your background in terms of um, some of the work you've done. Um, Because your work goes beyond the UK, doesn't it? Can you tell us some of the stories from um, some of the things you've done in the past? 
Yeah, um, so my husband and I um, have been very connected to um, an, an Oasis program that runs in South Africa for a long time. It's how we met, and we've both um, sort of volunteered there. Um, and a few years ago, we took um, two of our children to live there for 18 months to support the work um, in Oasis South Africa. Um, and the work that I was doing was specifically um, with a program called Greenlight um, that worked with, I use the term, I know there's different um, sort of terms to, to, to speak about this group of people, but I'll use the term sex worker because that's the term that they used in the program, um, to work to support sex workers um, in Johannesburg. Um, and uh, I was d using my knowledge around yoga and specifically trauma-sensitive yoga um, to support the men and women within that community. Um, and that was um, an amazing thing for, for me to be able to do and, and to be able to be part of. And just to kind of, for my learning, to see how trauma has, has affected them differently, but also poverty as well, you know, not just their, their work as sex workers, but also their situational poverty that means that they very much had to repress what was going on. You know, they, they held things very deeply within their bodies. It was not at the surface. Um, so, you know, things were dealt with through joking and laughter and kind of teasing each other um, or, or not dealt with maybe um, but we still saw amazing results from quite a kind of often quite closed people um, you know one lady said to me at the end of one of the classes I come into these classes feeling like I carry a weight within my body and at the end of the class the weight has lifted and that for me was I was like, yes, you know, we've done something and, and this has been helpful. So, yeah, it was such an amazing experience for me to be part of that. And do you notice, what differences do you notice between the work you're doing in South Africa and the work you're doing here? What's the, what, what, are there any major differences you've noticed? Um, I think, uh, like I said, I think it was the, the, the thing around poverty um, and maybe also to do with the communities that they were part of and that being strong, especially for the women, was, was very much valued. You know, you had to be strong, you had to hold it together, even though these women and men had been through more than I could ever possibly imagine, you know, just casually tell you about being shot at in the street multiple times or just so much stuff. Um, and I guess it was kind of noticing how they held that strength but also kind of where the, where the cracks showed and, you know, where, where we could try to find ways to support them. Thank you. Last week we talked um, quite a lot about reimagining scripts. And I want you to just pick up on that reimagining scripts of you, Jess, for a moment. Um, I like that phrase uh, about reimagining the scripts of, of, of our lives and the things that we go through and the things that have, have affected us up until the point we're at now. Um, I was also mindful of the fact that sometimes it can feel that things are beyond our control, um, that there are other factors which perhaps affect our scripts, which we might feel that we have no influence over. Um, I wonder how you'd respond to that. Um, well, life does happen. <laughs> so there's two kind of different things, really. Firstly, 
the script we're in, we will be surrounding ourselves with people that we need to to fill the roles in our script, and that's a subconscious thing. So some of it is about um, looking at who we've got around us to support us and how they support us, if there's anyone there to support us and all of that kind of stuff. So there's a, a kind of more philosophical <coughs> overview of it. And then I can't remember the second part of the question. <laughs> Um, it was just, yeah, about whether there are people who uh, are part of our scripts which we feel that we can't actually have influence over or, um, or, or situations that have, have brought us to a place that we can't have influence over or feel like we can't have influence over. Yeah, and we can't have influence over things sometimes. <laughs> but it's how we um, live with that, accept it, use it for the best. We, we live in a... It's a cultural thing that we fix things and some things aren't fixable. So it's learning to live with those things rather than kind of conform to the culture we're in, which is that everything's got a solution and we're humans and shit happens, <laughs> <laughs> basically. So it's, it's the bigger picture. Yeah. Okay. So anything, Anna, you wanted to add to that? Or? No, fine, no, that's great. Um, I'm conscious of the fact that some of the things that we talk about in terms of well, last, uh, the last um, uh, Sofa Sunday that we had, things like yoga, things like um, the wellness trips that, that uh, I do in terms of the, um, uh, the European sauna trips that I talked about last time, um, can be quite expensive things to do. Um, they do have a, a, a sort of privilege connected to them. And one of the questions um, that we've had in is, is relating to that, the link between privilege and recovery. Um, and uh, is recovery easier? Um, is, is it related to the privilege that you have? Um, or are there ways of accessing uh, recovery which don't have to cost money? Yeah, I think un unfairly privilege is related to recovery. That's a fact. And until the NHS start addressing mental health in the way that it needs to be, that will always be the case because the waiting lists are huge. And if you do get offered help, it's normally time limited. And for things like complex trauma, it's a much longer process than six or 12 weeks with a counsellor. So there's a horrible truth about, yeah, privilege is linked and... I think COVID has opened up ways of things that weren't there before, which has been really, really useful. So there's online groups and forums, um, even yoga online and stuff like that. I mean, there, there's more available, I think, because of COVID. That's one of the good things. And there are other ways to access things too. So I train at BCPC and we have a really good low-cost referral service. So you just go on their website and you get to see someone that's training like me for a much lower rate than you'd have to pay for, you know, for work. What's BCP? Oh, it stands for Bath Centre for Psychotherapy and Counselling. Thanks, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> but I think write it down next time. <laughs> there are opportunities, of course, within our building here as well, um, in terms of yeah. the, the counselling services that we have here. I don't know if um, either of you wanted to say anything about that. I know Anna had something to add to that. Yeah, um, I totally agree with the question and you know, what's, what we've just been saying, um, that, yeah, it, it, it's so difficult when all these things are so expensive to access. And, you know, on my side of things, the, the more kind of holistic um, healing, also very expensive to access often. Um, but I guess 
some of the stuff that I do is kind of around your what you can do in your day-to-day um, to take con- a little bit of control where possible of those moments of stress and anxiety. Um, you know, where we can start to work with our own nervous systems. Um, and a lot of that is through, it kind of seems a bit obvious, but, you know, your stuff like your breath work, um, exercise, meditation, those things that help us um, come out of fight or flight um, and, and, and I guess kind of notice what the body is doing. You know, learn to notice what your body is going through. Notice those signs of anxiety, those signs of stress, whether you feel like... Um, you know, you've been building up that kind of stress response all day. Is there something that you can do to step in and, and kind of have a little bit of your own autonomy? And I know, I know that's difficult, especially when, when you know, there's complex trauma as well. Um, but yeah, like Ian was saying, um, as a church, um, I think that's something that we're super keen to explore where we can support. Um, and I'm in conversations with the church at the moment to sort of look at how we can offer something um, which would be more affordable for people. Thank you. Can I, say one? <laughs> yeah, okay. I was just thinking what we forget is the most obvious reason for distress and depression is a lack of connection to people and that's free here so being connected to each other will automatically improve our strength and well-being even if we're not addressing the actual problems but it's so important and I think we live in a very lonely society so yeah. so there's something but, about community so interaction connection that makes is free. a difference <laughs> yeah 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 and not to do with privilege do you think that um online and, and the internet world that we're in now has, has has influenced that has it made a positive or negative difference have you noticed uh <laughs> I sprung that one on you, I it's know. It's a huge topic, and I've done quite a lot of research on it because it serves two purposes. It that gives a false sense of connection, which is also important if you're isolated, that there is something. But I think we look to it for things that can't be found in it so that can actually be really damaging. Some Christians would say, or some churches might say, that actually we just need to um, rely on God. Our relationship with God is enough to get us through the traumas and the things that we struggle with on a day-to-day basis. Um, how would you respond to that? Me? <laughs> <laughs> Either of you. Do you I can, yeah. Um, uh, so my granny um, had um, severe depression over, the, well, she's still alive, um, over the kind of many years of, she's 96 now, um, the many years of her long life. Um, and there were certainly, you know, times when things were so bad um, and maybe there were comments that were made around, um, you know, her experience of depression and, and her faith and, and, you know, was she praying hard enough and, and that sort of thing. They, they, you know, they couldn't have prayed harder. They were, the, you know, the most devout Christians you could ever imagine. Um, but I think, as Jess said, it's, it, what was wonderful about the church and wonderful about her, her faith and still is, is that the community surrounded her um, and she was able to access, access that support there. Um, yeah, so I think 
that's just, it's just so important for us to remember, you know, to just kind of take notice of, of what might be going on for the person next to you or the person in your micro hub um, and just kind of make sure that, that we're che checking in because that, that, that is so important for her. It feels like to me that we have multi-layers as well, that we come with different faces and different, um, um, different hats when we, wherever we go. Um, so what we see uh, amongst, our, uh, amongst us here, um, when we have our sort of uh, interactions, so the fact we, we know each other quite well, uh, many of us know each other quite well, um, means that you perhaps you go a bit deeper, but th there are things that, that we have, we have, we're different people in, in different situations and, and, and there's different parts of us um, that, that sometimes we keep hidden. Would that be, would that be true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I am terrible at small talk. <laughs> um, just, you know, I, I sort of find I don't know what to say and I don't know how to get that little bit deeper. Um, so I certainly find those... Uh, we've recently um, started a monthly micro-hub and just having those opportunities to get that little bit deeper with people as a new family to the church um, with kids you know downstairs and sort of not being able to have those conversations very often um yeah it's so helpful can i just say mm. about the god thing yeah go for it. <laughs> um if we're praying to god all the time for something we're not being open to what's around us and it's i just go back to the joke about him saying telling us to buy a ticket <laughs> so it's the, they're both in there so just to explain that joke again, this is, well, do you want to explain? I tell it? Yeah, you, you tell it. You tell it. You'll tell it better than me. A man's praying desperately to God, please, God, let me win the lottery. I would do so much good with the money. You know how skint I am. And he prays and he prays and he prays. And eventually God says, buy a ticket. <laughs> so we're not saying that prayer isn't important. Prayer is very important. Yeah, really important, you, yeah. I don't really heard to say that that's not important. No, no, it's but really actually, important. It, we also need to ground that in reality as well. Yeah, absolutely. And praying is a way to resource other avenues, I think, as well. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Um, we're at that point where we're going to take a break. And it's really good to hear people chatting again um, because this is community. This is part of what we're talking about this morning. This is the way we interact. And actually, this is church, the way we interact around the tables um, and the things that we do, which are not front-led. It's just as much church as anything that comes from the front. Probably more church, if I'm honest, than anything that comes from the front. Um, so um, it's good to hear that buzzing around. We've had a few questions um, and we've had a few comments as well. Um, so I'm going to start with one of the comments um, that's just feeding back from some of the things we've talked about so far. Um, part of God's provision is to teach us to live in community. Um, if God answered our prayers by miracles alone um, and we shut ourselves away um, in our homes, we wouldn't get that community connection. I guess that sort of feeds into what we were saying earlier on, really. That it's, it's, it's both, really, isn't it? It's, it's about sort of relying on God, but also um, um, allowing others to be part of that journey as well and, and God to use other people in that journey. Um, and it, another comment says uh, about God's answer to prayer may actually be providing a therapist. Um, Amen. <laughs> uh, we'll come on to some of the other comments and some of the other questions that have come in um, in a few moments. But we did ask people to um, submit some of the questions in advance as well. Um, so thank you to those of you who have done that. One of the questions that came in was, we've touched on a little bit, but I think there's much more to say about it. Um, the question is, I'd be interested to hear more about uh, how we reimagine or rewrite the story script that we've been living with. I know, Jess, you've got more to add to that. Yeah, um, well, there is a 
bigger conversation going on, I think, in the leadership group. So watch this space, maybe. <laughs> so I think there is a lot more to explore, and it would be good to take it a bit further as a church, maybe. Okay. Oh, you've, left a, you've left a sort of cliffhanger there. It's, it's such a big topic. And it looks like one of those Channel 4 programmes that you know, is just going into the break now. Yeah, yeah. Watch this bit. It's a huge topic, but I think just noticing and learning to notice, because noticing is something we don't do. It's like you were saying, it's part of mindfulness. Just slowing things down and giving things time, really, is the first step. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, that phrase, reimagine or rewriting the scripts and rewriting that story, um, uh, that, that, I guess, can be a different experience for different people. And, um, yeah, it will be, because yeah. we're all unique. Mm. So, it's, it's, fine. it's listening to the tap on the shoulder and, um, as, as we said last week, firstly, being aware of how we have been imagining and, secondly, noticing what's tapping you on the shoulder and being able to start the process of reimagining. Excellent, thank you. What strategies, what day-to-day strategies um, can you share that people might find helpful to build into their days um, that can support their mental well-being? It's another question that's come in online. So what, what's, what day-to-day strategies um, can, we, can we adopt? Um, so recently um, I um, helped run a programme with the NHS um, working with leaders who have experienced burnout post-pandemic, um, which, you know, there's been a lot of sort of hand-raising saying that that's a real issue. Um, and we, we're kind of looking at, you know, the situation with the NHS where it feels like there's not much that can be done. Um, you know, they're, they're in a very difficult situation with funding and, you know, just how crazy and busy it all is. Um, but I guess my work with them was to try and show them that thing that I was saying earlier about it's how we respond to a situation. Um, and one of the doctors sort of put a hand up and said, I just feel like even by being here, I'm wasting two hours of my life, which is great to hear. <laughs> and I've got um, all these patients, you know, I've got two hours of patients at the end of the day now that I'm going to have to tag on. And then another um, director of mental health um, piped up, which was very helpful, and said, but the thing is sometimes we have to slow down to speed up. Um, and I just thought that was so important for them to recognise as a group that we have our own autonomy around... So, you know, with burnout, we look at um, stress, the effects of chronic stress on the body, and then the kind of slide down the ladder into, you know, real severe burnout. But, but that if we can notice what those steps are, um, you know, notice what's going on in the body have some awareness around that, then we can t- start to take a little bit of charge ourselves. Um, so with my work, it is around the nervous system. It is around building in those healthy practices to bring you um, out of the sympathetic nervous system, back out of fight or flight, and into rest and digest where you're sort of able to find, start to find health and healing again. Thank you. A related question um, that came in again uh, online. Um, what do you find most beneficial for your faith 
Um, and do you not find that Sunday mornings is enough? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, is Sunday mornings enough? Is it? it, it, it yeah. What, what, how does that play out for you? Um, I feel like I feel like my faith is my spine, and if I don't pay attention, it doesn't support me. <laughs> so for me, that used to be walking a dog, and it wasn't intentional prayer, but it was intentional space that I didn't fill with podcasts or anything. And actually, our dogs died recently, and I've really struggled with finding because there's just no reason to get out when it's raining if you don't have a dog. <laughs> so I've started swimming, and I've started to use the walk. It's it's um, being intentional about doing something that is achievable and will work, and doesn't become another guilt thing that I haven't done. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, uh, the Jesse comment then about the um, I like the idea of. God being your spine. I always remember um, when I was younger, I loved Bear Grylls. And, um, and he said when he climbed Everest, he was always asked, did God help you get up Everest? And he said, oh, did you find God on Everest? And he said, I didn't find God on Everest. God was my backbone that got me up and down it. Um, and I guess for me, it's like Sunday mornings are great. Like I said, I'm not you know, sometimes not great at small talk. I'm often just running around after children. Um, so it's, like Jess was saying, finding those moments of connection for me. Um, and also thinking about what I am drawn to, even though sometimes it's really hard. Um, Enneagram 7 here, I'm terrible with silence. You know, I've always got a podcast on. I'm always listening to, you know, the chatter helps me. I know. <laughs> But I know that what I crave the most is that quiet space. My mother-in-law is a very devout Catholic, um, and she said that when she had small children, she started going on her own to Mass during the week. Um, and oh, I can't tell you what I would give to just go and sit in, in, a, in a Mass or you know, just a quiet church on my own and, and just kind of be. Even though I might find it really hard, I sort of feel that calling that, that that is what I really need. I think one of the threads that's coming through this morning is the fact that we're all different um, and what we find helpful, what we find um, triggers us is going to be different from person to person. Um, the things that, that give us excitement, the things that give us joy in life um, is going to be different from person to person and the way we find rest and recuperation and, 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 um, uh, and where we, we get energised is different from person to person. And I think recognizing that is, is important um, and recognizing that we are all formed um, as unique individuals. Um, we, we talk about being formed in the, in the image of God, but we're all formed in, in unique ways um, and in different ways, which in itself, I think actually just shows the diversity of God, um, which is quite good. Um, the Bible teaches to love your neighbour. Um, what should you do if that becomes hurtful? Um, perhaps um, they don't return the love. Wow. <laughs> I think um, if you look at why it's difficult to love your neighbour, there's probably something about your neighbour that niggles you a bit about yourself. So if we can recognise that, it's a good way of just being able to step out of it a bit and realise what the problem is and try and practice compassion. But some neighbours are a nightmare. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we're not just talking geographical neighbours, we're talking no. about some people, yeah, it could, could be geographical neighbours as well, the person next to us. Um, Anna, anything to add to that? Yeah, it, exactly that, I guess. Um, yeah, 
how can you find those ways to be able to cope with your neighbour better? Um, and uh, how can you not... How can it not be about you? It's probably telling you more about them than, than yourself and sort of, you know, not, not make that struggle something that kind of deeply impacts you. Um, you know, how, how can you make that a positive thing for, for your experience? Yeah, thank you. I think, I think when things are really difficult and intense, having the discipline to be able to step outside slightly and look in on it is really helpful rather than being in the moment furious because someone's in your parking space or whatever. <laughs> That's a good discipline to try and cultivate. Yeah. One of the phrases I quite like is um, about, um, in terms of church and, the, and the, who we are as people, um, is the idea of, of, of being having that connection and that combination of justice and joy in our lives. There's, there's, there, are, there are times when it's right to get angry about things. There are times when it's right to, to express all the emotions about um, different things that we're going through or other people are going through and, and to have that empathy for other people. Um, there's also times where we need to make sure we keep the, the joy bit in check as well, um, that we find things that ignite us and excite us as well. Is that something that you think the sort of the, the balance is, is something that we need to yeah, I think it's on. critical. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> but it, yeah, finding the things that genuinely give us joy um, and treasuring them, even if we can't do them very much, even if it's once a year that you go and swim in the sea, or it's it's being intentional about those times. I was, I just also I watched the um, um, Oprah Winfrey with. Obama, Michelle Obama's interview about the joy, her book, which is called something about the joy within us. It's very well worth watching. It's on Netflix because she says amazing things about all of these things, actually. I'm getting bits of paper handed to me <laughs> as, as we go through. I can see people, see people still scribbling down. We, we, we are going to finish at half past. We've only got five minutes left. So um, I'm just going to go rattle through some of the ones that have just come, come through. So I've got some comments um, that have come through um, as well, which is, is good. So like Legally Blonde, we must get involved in the process. Um, we must uh, take the steps in onto the um, rescue boat. That's sort of taking the analogy from earlier, um, a parent doesn't do everything for their child or they cannot grow and learn or be empowered. Or be resilient. Resilience is something that we need to cultivate a bit more. Mm-hmm. Love doesn't mean staying in a situation, accepting hurtful behaviour, holding your boundaries is all part of love as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And God is in all, in all people, in all resources, uh, using resources is connecting with God. God wants us to have uh, autonomy and be part of the process. Um, we have to be get involved to in action, reach out. It's part of our growth. This is a sort of theme that's coming out, isn't there, this morning, which is which is quite nice. It's about sort of yes, relying on God, but also what we can do in that process and what other people can do around us as well. On rewriting the scripts, um, this is a, a, a recommendation. Um, I recommend the YouTube video uh, from Davina McCall, McCall um, How to Overcome Any Trauma and Life. I don't recommend that. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. I have very strong feelings of that. Okay, fair enough. You can, can take it as you, as you like then. Um, uh, she, uh, she talks about uh, going back into her childhood and, and rewriting the script. So there's, I suppose the, the picking up on the theme about rewriting the script is where that, that, that comment comes in, I guess. Um, but yeah, okay. Um, 
again, that's where we're all different, I suppose, and get different opinions on, on, on those sorts of things as well. Um, but there are other things that we might, might, you know, might, might find useful and helpful, um, and um, we can obviously share those with each other. Um, we are getting towards the end of our time today, and I'm sure there's much more we could discuss. Um, Jess and Anna, I guess, are always you're usually here on a Sunday morning, um, so there's always opportunity to talk more um, and to talk to each other as well. Um, Jess has agreed to, to pray for us as we finish our formal time together this morning. Yeah. Father God, thank you that we can meet together. Thank you that we do have an opportunity for connection that other people don't have in society. I pray, Lord, that you teach us how to use ourselves more and our connections more so that we can be more to other people. I pray that you're with us through this week and that we can reach out and talk to people after the service when sometimes we're uncomfortable too. That's me. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.